In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and different is now part of mainstream culture. The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology. Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment. Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating giant. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. The Galaxy Cast. Welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me three people in the studio tonight. We have with me Eric the Artist. Hello, everyone. I am Gary the Stud. I'm not a D23. And I am Bob Crispin, your host, who is not depressed to be a D23 because, quite honestly, I would not want to put up with the crowds anyway. And I'm sure other people would disagree with me, but that's okay. I was good with celebration. So we have quite a bit to talk about tonight, and a lot of it's going to happen on the fly. This is going to be new for... You guys and for us, we're going to be talking about D23 as it happens. That's right, because so as things come in, we're going to talk about them tonight. Uh, We've got a little bit of things to talk about. First, we're going to talk about Spider-Man and Sony and Disney and what that all means for us as fans and what it means for potentially Tom Holland and everybody else. And then we're going to talk about highlights from D23 as they happen on the fly. We're getting all sorts of... My feed is going right now. I was going to say, our feed is going crazy right now already as it is. And so as things come in, we're going to talk about them. Okay, so our first topic of the night is talking about the split between Spider-Man and Disney. Really kind of the Sony split between Disney and and Spider-Man and whatever whatever else you want to call that. the rumor was this week, and, and see, this is the weird thing is, it's rumor, but it's not rumor. I, I don't know how, you know, people have gotten been getting information, but then they're saying, but it's not done, the negotiations aren't over yet. Supposedly, negotiations broke down between Disney and Sony over Spider-Man and his the role he's going to play in the Marvel MCU. Now, for people who are confused, because I know they've seen things on Facebook and stuff, and maybe they don't know what that means, because I do think there are people out there who truly don't know, don't understand what's going on here. Spider-Man as a property right was not ever sold as part of the MCU package, as it were. Fantastic Four and X-Men were sold to one, friend, to one group, which was Fox. Fox. Spider-Man, 
and all of his entities were sold to Sony. Yes. And then Avengers and everything that's entailed with that was sold to Disney. Um, and I, my understanding, and correct me if I'm well, wrong, this, Eric, is, is that Marvel did that to make more money, right? Well, the, this happened a while ago. I long, mean, you got to remember, time, we're talking the nineties. Right? Sony had Spider-Man was making Spider-Man movies in two thousand, right? You know, so it's Sony's had the Spider-Man rights for a long time, right? And uh, you got the X-Men came out about the same time, and they were owned by Fox way back then. So Marvel, right. Marvel, went, what people don't remember, they went through a period of almost bankruptcy, right? So they sold off the rights to a lot of their that movies. was what mid nineties, right? Yeah, they and they sold off the rights to a lot of their characters to different different studios just to make money. I mean, these, some of these things were sold for like five hundred thousand dollars, you know, right. two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Right, it was it's a ridiculously cheap price. Anything they could get because they needed money. Right. <clears throat> so these these have been constantly owned by these other properties. Well, the real big sale that we've heard about recently is the Fox deal, which is that Fantastic Four and all X-Men, that, and X-Men, mutants. mutants in general, which was all owned by Fox, and Disney couldn't touch it, which is why we've seen no Mutants, no Fantastic Four, any of that in the Marvel MCU. This year, we're sold back to Disney. So now that's why we know going forward, at some point we're going to get a Fantastic Four, at some point we're going to get Doctor Doom, at some point we're going to get Mutants of all, all of them. So there's a lot going on there. Now to interject with that too, did you know guys notice there was a headline and it got buried like page five several weeks ago that it is confirmed that Disney has halted all mutant projects. So there yeah. will not be a new mutants now. That's well, not they've happening. apparently watched it and they don't think it's they don't like it. They don't like it. Right. After so all these filming, they filmed that movie like two and a half times. Right. They're still not they're happy. They're still not happy with it. and They're not going to release yeah. it. Which I think is a good call on Disney's part, to be honest, because if they didn't really put their hands in it at all, um, I'm surprised Dark Phoenix even made its way out of the gate, but I think that was just kind of like a, it ain't going to make any money anyway, so let it go, and yeah. it's good. Uh, it was interesting, too, that around the same time, the, Disney has said that they're not necessarily cutting ties with Ryan Reynolds over Deadpool, and that they're not above making and rated R Deadpool. Which no, is, apparently all that's still totally in play. They think right, that Brian's they, a great Deadpool. Right, and they don't like the PG-13 Deadpool. No, they it didn't make any it money. It didn't make any money. It didn't do anything for them. So I, I'm at least I'm happy at the idea that they're realizing that Ryan Reynolds is a good Deadpool, and maybe they need to keep him on board. Yeah, we'll hope um, that stays together. I hope so, too. I hope as they move forward that... It would be really weird for Ryan Reynolds to keep his deal and nobody else does. But, I mean, that that's that's not unheard of, though, either in the Disney realm. So, in amongst all this, recently Sony had been working with Disney and they had been splitting profits and had been talking about, you know, percentage, 90% of this, 10% well, this of that. Is, this is know, the way this went down is... Spider-Man never got sold back to Marvel. No. Sony still owned it, but they made a deal that right. the character could be used in a couple MCU movies, the first being Civil War, and then into the two Avengers movies, if they co-produced independent Spider-Man, independent Spider-Man right. films at Sony, under the Sony banner. Right. And they agreed to. And it was they were doing this kind of nicey-nice thing for five movies. Yeah, and for the Spider-Man movie, my understanding was the split was supposed to be 90% Sony, 10% went to Disney. So Yeah, they didn't get a lot. They got right. some. They got some. Yeah, but, but, but they, Sony they did apparently, the work, so they got a majority of the profit. Yeah, apparently there was there was some back-end deals and other things, but it was, you know, it was an agree. They were working together on this. And then the other big thing that Sony got out of it was that Kevin Feige did the producing would work and produce yeah. with them and I think that was a big deal I mean Kevin Feige stepping in to help produce I do think was a huge step forward yep. for the Spider-Man franchise but you've got to remember two things have happened in the past year or two 
One, Venom came out and was a huge success. Don't ask me why. It was a huge success. I hated that movie. <clears throat> I don't understand how it became a success. It has nothing to do with the MCU, nope. Nope. but Sony saw dollar signs there. Two, Into the Spider-Verse came out. Again, right. completely Sony's side. Artistically a huge success. Monetarily, eh. It didn't do great, but it won an Academy Award for Best Animated Picture and has huge franchise potential for them. So... Sony I mean, is really feeling their own oats right now. On, on the flip side, i got to give them some, some cred here, because it was cheaper to produce Into the Spider-Verse, believe it or not, than any of the other projects. Oh, of course, yeah. So it did, percentage-wise, make more because of the cheap cost of producing it. So I think Sony has in their head, well, we could do more cartoons and make a lot more money if we just did a little more cartoon stuff. Right. And and I, I think a lot of that was they hired good writers and they hired good drawers. I, I don't know what you call cartoonists, whatever you want to call Animators. it. Animators. Animators, thank you. <laughs> I was looking for the word. And You know so, that they even real, they've been talking about things they did artistically in that movie that you don't notice, and one is that the lead character, Miles Morales, is yeah. animated at 12 frames per second through the first half of the movie while he's learning how to be Spider-Man, while the experienced Spider-Man and Gwen and all that are animated at 24 frames a second, so they're smoother. And oh. as he gets better, they he increased they increased his his frame count to bring him up to speed with the others. So by the end, he's animated at 24 frames a second and is as smooth as the other ones, but he's jerkier at the beginning than the other characters are. Huh. And it's done. They That's that. interesting. Yeah. That in fact, they even the showed like the moment that the two of them grab the briefcase as they're escaping from Fisk's facility and they're swinging through the trees. And he's like, you're getting it. Thwip and swing. Thwip and swing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That moment, his frame count picks up to match up with the existing ah, Spider-Man. Dude. So it's they did a lot of amazing artistical things that you just don't even know about. And it's one of those reasons it struck people on a subconscious level. There was a lot going on there. So there was some amazing artistic uh, direction and style going on in that movie. So I gotta be honest. I think Sony saw dollar signs. I mean, let's <clears> face it. Far from home did really well. Yeah, at the box oh, office, over a billion. Spider Verse did fairly well percentage wise at the box office. And so I think in their mind, they they're they're seeing some significant things well, here. Well, now apparently in the New Deal, and I've heard different things come out. Sony came back, or Disney came back, and now they wanted half or more, and they wanted like the rumor is other they wanted rights. a fifty fifty split. Yeah. Yep. And they wanted other stuff, too, that was, like, really high. And a lot of people are saying, it's a bad deal. It's like, it's the whole, they posted the whole Vader and Lando thing, where it's like, it's a bad deal. This is, deal's getting worse all the time. Right, like, right, yeah. don't alter it further. But Sony's like, why are we agreeing to this? We own Spider-Man. You right. know, we own it. So why are we agreeing to these them increasing all these things? So a lot of people say Sony's in the right to defend their property that they own that apparently they're doing well with and a lot of people are saying well one of the reasons you're doing so well is because of the Marvel movies and you know Spider-Man being in them is hugely popular and it's it's overflowing back into your movies if he wasn't in Spider Infinity War and Civil War Endgame. and Endgame yeah. you might not have that flow back and they're saying well look at Venom Venom did great look at Spider-Verse did great so great. it's this thing where they're kind of standing up to the big empire that is Disney and saying no we deserve this level of a cut and stuff but it means if there's no agreement Spider-Man gets pulled from the MCU. You're not going to have references to him anymore in the MCU. Right. You're not going to have them talk about him. Peter Parker's going to vanish. Right. And in the Spider-Man movies that are left to be made, Tom Holland's contracted for two more under Sony. Well, guess what? No mention of Tony Stark. No mention of the snap. No mention of anything that ties back into the Marvel movies. 
you know, all of that has to go away and they have to tell their own stories with just Spider-Man's... Ro- it gets to become a much smaller world all of a sudden. Right. He won't have Tony Stark's glasses. He can't talk about, you know, all the, all that's going to have to be Stark forgotten. Stark tech is gone. Sp- yeah. Stark tech is gone. If they bring Mysterio back, he can't talk about being a lackey of Tony Stark. They can't right. talk about where his technology... It's got to be all ignored. They can't touch those subjects. So it's a very tricky setup if it doesn't get settled. And my understanding, too, the other rumor that had come about through some other articles and things... Again, these are all rumors. Everything is. Nothing's been confirmed by anybody yet. But one of the rumors was that... Well, Sony did put out an official statement. They did put a statement out, correct. Saying that there's this going on. Yeah, yeah, it's not going well. And and I'll talk about that in a second, too. Sony's playing some interesting things here, too. But one one of the things that has been rumored is that one of the things that Disney wanted Sony to do was to not touch the Sinister Six until after the MCU told them to. Right. In other words, they wanted to play out their arc, whatever it is with Spider-Man that they needed him for, before they would jump into the Sinister Six movie. And Sony's like, no, 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 wait a minute. We want to be able to develop that Sinister Six storyline. Apparently that's what Sony's been like chomping at the bit to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, we saw them try to do it with the previous Spider-Man. Not so well. No. Uh, and, and they're chopping at the bit again. They want to get into the Sinister Six, and I get it. It's a really, really cool storyline, but... Marvel has why always have to played, wait on Disney, you know well, what I mean? Well, Disney has always played the long game, saying you right. build this up, you make it pay off better later. And Sony is not getting anything back from... Let's face it, Sony's not getting anything right. back from all the other Marvel movies. They're just getting their little deal with Spider-Man. So now, they're like, we want to tell our own stories with Spider-Man where we make our profit. On the flip side of that, the other rumor is that Sony deliberately leaked this information days before D23 to put the pressure on Disney to seal the deal. To deal better. To get a better deal and to walk away with Spider-Man. And that Sony thought if they played their cards, Disney would just lay down and say, okay, we're going to do it. And, and, and accept it and because D23 is coming up and we want to be able to include Spider-Man into that yeah. and they didn't and I think that Sony was kind of shocked that they didn't well, I'll guarantee you the there, there's a lot of last minute scrambling they probably had something well there's no guarantee they had anything to show with Spider-Man other than images you know well, I can't say this because I had friends who went into the hall last night at D23 they said it was a really awkward moment. You walk in the Avengers Hall. There's the giant Avengers poster, and prominently in the middle of the poster is Iron Man and Spider-Man standing Oh, yeah, next yeah, 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 yeah. And he says it was just kind of like a, you know, all your buddies are looking around going, do they know they put Spider-Man on the poster? You know, like, but again, you know, <laughs> posters and things. I, I I mean, he's already in that movie. Already he's in there. Endgame. Yep. They, can, yep. they can just say, yeah, we already had that. It was a deal we right, already right, made. Right. But you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's an oh, yeah, awkward, yeah. like, you know, not talking about but, the room. But, and we'll talk about it more when we get to it, but we're talking about the live feed of announcements at D23. Yeah. Disney clearly has two dozen other things plan. yeah. planned, and they're they're very, very, very clearly saying, we lose Spider-Man, we lose Spider-Man. Right. We'll work around it. And then I thought it was interesting, because Disney's defense was very interesting. It's a valid defense, and it's a not-so-valid defense. Their valid defense is, Kevin Feige's busy. He cannot be on a set for a Spider-Man film. I mean, we've got, what is it, 2020? There's four films coming out in that year alone. So for him to sit in a set for something that's really not related to their MCU completely, I get it. He is a busy man. He is going to be crazy busy. I get what they're saying. I understand that they can't split the guy 30 times and expect him to be everywhere. Totally get that. understand it and agree on 
blitz side of that, I'm not sure that's a good excuse to say, well, we're not going to work with Spider-Man anymore. We're out. You know what I mean? Like, I just kind of felt like well, that was I think a they're trying to say that's the reason Feige's not going to work with them. Right. They're not. I think they they were trying to portray it as well. He's super busy. That wasn't really the deal breaker. You right. Know, we couldn't have even if we kept working with them on Spider-Man, he probably wasn't going to produce with them because he's just too busy. Yeah. I think that's what they're trying to portray, you know. That's not part of it. But who knows? They're like, there's so, tons behind the scenes. Let me ask you guys this. Who do you think is the bad guy in this? Is it Disney or is it Sony? Gary, what do you think? Who's the bad guy here? Is that Disney or is it Sony? I think it's Sony. Okay, and why do you think it's Sony? Because they, they're uh, trying to be the greedy one on the whole thing by uh, getting trying to get stuff that doesn't belong to them at all, like the partial stakes of Disney Plus and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know if you heard about that, Eric. One of the things that was leaked was that Sony wants a stake at Disney Plus. Like, they want a 10 to 12% stake in Disney Plus. Even though there's no plans to bring a Spider-Man anything into Disney Plus, they felt like they had a right to ask for some of that revenue since they were working with Disney. That was another rumor that was out there. I just want to put that one out there, yeah, too. Yeah, that's it. If that's, if that. that's true, that's if overstepping. It, yeah. So who do you think the big bad guy is here? It's tough. I mean, you've got to... When it comes down to it, Sony owns Spider-Man. Right. They do get to do what they want to do. Yep. If they think they can be successful for the next five years and keep all the profits, well, that's how far ahead they're thinking. They don't have a universe to build. Right. So they are thinking shorter term, and they're thinking, where's our money coming from? Where, what, where are we going to make our most profit? If Disney truly was going to ask for half of the amount of money that that Sony was going to make on these two Spider-Man movies, but but not own the character. That's kind of greedy on Disney's part. So both are probably being greedy for different reasons. I think in the end, Disney is... I think in the end, Disney being as powerful they are and having all these other things, they don't need... They didn't need to ask for 50% of Spider-Man. They could have just... It's not going to hurt their pocketbooks at all if they still only got 10% of Spider-Man. I think they asked for a lot on one character they don't own. Okay. When they have this gigantic library... It's, you know, it's like me. Yeah. I could own 10 cars, and I could have a, another guy here who owns a car, but he wants to show it in my in my lot or whatever. Now, okay, well, yeah, but if we sell it, I get half. Right. The guy's like, well, no, I own the car. I'll, you're helping me show it, but I own the car. That'd be very greedy of me to say, well, I'm selling all this other stuff, but if I'm going to sell yours, I'm going to get half of it just because you put it here. That's asking a lot for something you don't own. Right. So to me, they're both being greedy in different ways. I don't think there is a good guy. I think it's corporate business dealings, and they get messy and dirty and mean. What sucks is, the as always happens in business dealings, the last thing being thought of is the artistic side. Right. What what could be, you know, I'm sure Disney is thinking that, but they're not thinking... Oh my gosh, I, things I, could fall apart yeah, without Spider-Man. No, that's I think th that's, head. to them, It's we've got plenty of other options. Right. And to Sony, it's like, well, this is ours and it's a big moneymaker. We can't lose it to half of it, you know? It, and think about it. It is kind of Sony standing up to a big conglomerate that they someday are. wants to own everything. Yep. They're basically saying, no, we do own this. We deserve, the, we bought it back when it was nothing. We put lots of money into two different series before it finally caught on with this third one. We've done a lot of building with this character. And yes, you guys are doing that MCU, but we've put a lot into this character over 20 years. Right. Now you want half of it? That does seem greedy on Disney's part for something they own. So I can see why Sony fought back. But, but how many uh, times do you have to reboot everything? Like the Batman franchise. How many times you got to reboot oh, yeah. it? 
Um, how many times we got to see Martha when Ben, yeah. what's his name, shot? Right, yeah. How many times has Uncle Ben got to die? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> now, how many times uh, we have to see pearls hit the ground? Now, um, like I said to Bob earlier about this thing is, this is the first Spider-Man that I actually wanted to watch. Right. And I hate Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm probably the only person on this planet that hates Spider-Man. <laughs> and, I'm not and, too and I, far behind you, Gary, it, but yeah. It, and I wanted to watch it. Yeah. So, you know, especially after the the Andrew Garfield series. Oh, yeah, yeah. Series, that's that, fine. That, that, that stunk. And the Tobey Maguire, when they went too many bad guys in Spider-Man yeah. 3. Yeah, and let's face it, the first very the first iteration of this character at with Tom Holland and this style of writing that we saw was in a Marvel movie. It wasn't in a standalone right. Sony movie. Right. But I come back to it's the person who has all the legal right fighting against the big guy. Right. Who I doesn't th- have the legal right? I think right, Sony sees themselves being, as the guy being pushed around yeah, and trying to stand I up. I think to they're the trying to stand franchise. up. But and I, I just think it's it's messy. No matter what you do, it's messy. See, I I personally see Disney as the bad guy here. And it, I'll tell you why. Well, this is a little bit though. Okay. Okay. Disney has started the the Sinister Six characters. Each individual one. They had the Vulture, and you got the uh, in Sony movies, owned by Sony. Right. Right. But with Marvel was the one that was was. I get what he's carried. saying. Feige's the one who pushed. He that pushed, right. yeah, and yeah. producing it. Okay. But Marvel owns it, right. or Sony owns it. I understand that. But what I'm saying though is, is uh, if they go on their own. They're going to either retcon the stuff that's already been there. Probably. They don't have to. They own the Vulture as Michael Keaton. The Michael Keaton can't talk about, oh, Stark took business from me and so right. I became the Vulture. But he could still be the Vulture as long as he doesn't reference Marvel things. Right. But what I'm saying is, like, most time when they start something up and then they take control over something, the high-ups in the in this industry, industry like, like, like a Warner Brothers, oh, yeah. for instance... All right, they gotta change stuff up. Yeah, yeah. All right, and that's why I think Disney's—I don't want to say scared, but concerned that okay, we started these the Sinister Six. Let's bring the next person in the Sinister Six in the third movie first. Right, they wanted a slow beat right. up to Sinister Six, right. and it sounded like Sony wanted to jump right into it. Right, like, yeah. Right, like, like and, and give us an electro like we had in the um, yeah the Garfield movie. Yeah, yeah. No, and I agree with everything you're saying creatively. And, and then Rhino at the end of, the, end of Spider-Man 3. You know, I agree <laughs> with all of it. Two or whatever. But, legally, it still comes down to the fact that Sony's doing nothing wrong. They're the, the, just... They're not. But, they're, what, but what's going to happen, though, is they're going to alienate the people that hate, they are. They hate Spider-Man, that, like me. That It's a shit movie, though. See, I, <laughs> I think Disney's... In the wrong here, in that instead of trying to negotiate here, they they let's face it, they're the bigger corporation. There's no doubt about it, and this is why I see them as the bad guy here. They could have played in somebody else's pool and dealt with it, like you said. Even if they took a loss, I mean, let's assume for a minute they took a loss on a Spider-Man film, which they're never going to do. But let's say they did, they can afford the loss. Are you you now have the top what? Six grossing films of all time are pretty close to it. I mean, as a Disney corporation, yeah, yeah. I think you can take a loss or a hit every now and again, or you can afford to work with a company that maybe isn't grossing at the levels that you are, but only do a 10% profit margin on it. I mean, I really think Disney could have afforded to work with Sony. They could have. 
And they chose but, not to. Yes, you get what I'm but saying? how much was Sony asking for them to keep feeding them quality? This is and the thing we don't know. Uh, yeah, and that's I, the know, other part of it we don't know, and I get that. Is, is how much was Sony saying, yeah, we're going to keep owning this, we're going to keep 10%, but... And maybe they were coming back saying, and then when you want to use Spider-Man in your movies, maybe Sony was saying, and then we want bigger percentages of that, right. of and your I, movies. I'd love and to, Disney would you know, probably, I'd love you know, to be a fly on the wall yeah. and see what's really... The their lawyers would probably take one look at that and go, no, those but, are our movies. But I am saying that I, I see Disney as the bigger conglomerate here, so therefore, to me, they have less to lose, ultimately, and quite honestly, more to gain if they yeah. were just willing to work with Sony. And it just sounds to me like, yet again, Disney and their ultimate wisdom were like, nah, we're not going to work with them. And it just, you know, it fell apart, and instead of trying to keep negotiating, they just gave up. Well, Disney wants you know? to own everything. They want to own all their properties. And all I can think of is that, and we were just looking at that meme earlier, of Rocket Raccoon going, I want to buy Spider-Man, not for sale. Okay, fine, I want to buy Sony, yeah. you know, not for sale. Part of me says, they just bought Fox out. Because Fox ticked off. I mean, honest, ultimately, Disney was mad at the way Fox was producing the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. I mean, it was dying. It was a dying group of heroes. And Disney says, we're just going to buy it and fix it. And part of me is like, how long do they go before they go, you know what, the heck with this whole Sony thing. We'll just buy them and fix Spider-Man. You know, and I, Sony's definitely bigger. Sony's more expensive. I mean, they, they would be ultimately, but... Could you not see Disney doing it? I, well, yeah, I that's be, the joke. That meme is funny simply because it's scarily true. But it could totally happen, and it would totally change the movie uh, okay. entertainment industry. Okay, look at it through this this way, right? A mechanic is working on a car, gets that car up and running really great, right? And the guy that owns the car is not going to pay him for doing it, right? All right. Look at it that way. Well, okay. Well, the guy... be, because the reason why I say that is because, again, Spider-Man was dying. With, it was. With, with Garfield and all that. Yeah. After Garfield uh-huh. and, and the McGuire movies and stuff. And Feige offered to come in. He made the offer. Right. But I want to say something. Go ahead. With your analogy. <laughs> now let's put the numbers behind it. The car is worth $20,000. The mechanic does his work, fixes it, says, I want $10,000. For fixing that car and making it run, well, the value of the car is only twenty. I'm not going to give you ten. I'm not going to give you half the value of the car just for fixing it. But, but that's what so that's what Disney's asking for. Right. But I don't. You, we don't own that car, but we want half its value. And going forward, we want half the profits going forward, just for fixing it this time. Still, that's you know, a mechanic asking for that. I'd go to a different mechanic. <laughs> I'd keep my car and say, no, that you're too expensive. <laughs> no, because we, uh, being a mechanic, uh, if, if it was me. The car wouldn't be leaving my lot with my stuff that's in it. <laughs> right, I get what you're saying. So, you know that that's that, that's the thing, and it goes back to because like you're saying, you can't reference Stark, you can't uh, yeah, Avengers yeah. and all the other stuff. That franchise just died. Well, they're they're gonna call yeah they're gonna it's this <laughs> is what is gonna like I said the artistic side of it is the last thing yeah. being considered. It is it's gonna destroy it, but the part that kills me is Disney's got a long game. And Sony's got a short game. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's like these two companies... Well, no, they're trying to play... They, they, want, both a, they want, want a franchise. A long, they both want a franchise. Disney's is much longer. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, the reality is Disney's going to make it. You know what I mean? And I just don't see Sony being able to play that game on the, on the short here's, game. The, here's the thing. This is what will change it is when the first Spider-Man movie comes out that Marvel's not involved with, and if it does poorly. Yeah. If it bombs, not even not if it bombs, if it way underperforms... You're going to have Sony going, 
okay, how much you want to buy the thing for? And then and don't Disney's going to say, well, don't Disney's, know that too. Disney's going to say, well, now it's damaged property. We're offering less, and that's the problem. Right. Is they have all the power and the money. Right. In the end, they've got the strong hand. They can turn it away for now and say, look what happened to the X Men. They were devastated, yeah. and yeah. It, we're getting them back. We'll change it. They'll do the same thing. They'll say, yeah, we'll lose it for now. Maybe they'll make a bad movie or two even, and then we'll be able to bring it back five years from now, put Tom Holland back in the role, make everyone happy, and retcon those movies like they never existed. Right. So Disney has Spy- all the power. Spider-Verse, the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> Disney has all the... Snap it. Yeah, that's Disney all has all the power. Did, did Far From Home start the it multiverse? It introduced the multiverse theory, oh. yeah. So that part of me sits here and says... Bye. Yeah, like <laughs> you could make Spider-Man go off into a multiverse, and, uh, well, he disappeared. He's off in that multiverse, and we'll, we'll see if we get him back. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. So I agree. It, they, they, Sony kind of kicked themselves in the pants by also introducing the multiverse because they may have given Disney an out out of Spider-Man. I mean, you know. Right. And well, then the big reveal at the end, they, you know. I well, mean, here's the thing. Disney, or Sony, introduced <laughs> the multiverse in a Sony movie. Right. Just like the name X-Men or Mutant, they probably copyrighted that. Right. Marvel can't do multiverse now. Right. They have to come up with another name. Yeah, what are they going to call it now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they just will. They'll call it something else. Yeah. But. Well, maybe, maybe they, they could just have the name for it. Maybe Disney. Although, I, I will say this to stir the pot just a little bit more. The rumor now is that they're scrambling on the Marvel side about the Doctor Strange movie. Because apparently, that Spider-Man oh, was going to play a large role <laughs> in that movie because the multiverse was going to get introduced through Doctor Strange and Spider-Man, which, quite honestly, yeah. in the comic books, was a pretty common thing, with the two of them working together. Both with, in New York City. Right, both in New York City, through the multiverse, opening up the doors to the multiverse, doing all that kind of stuff. And Spider-Man was supposedly going to play a major role in that, and so now they're scrambling to rewrite scripts. How are we going to do that? How do we... So, Here's, there's you know, that. You, you want to know who I feel bad for? And not, not horribly, because he's rich, and he'll be fine, but still... Tom Holland. I, I was thinking because the same he thing, has yeah. no control over this. Right. He probably he's he, and he's a fan. He right. was super excited. He's probably looking ahead, going, "God, I'm going to be in a Doctor Strange movie, and all oh, I can do this. It's, right. I got like the next eight, eight nine oh. years planned." And now he's like, "I'm going to have to go do two contracted movies that fans are going to be putting negativity on me. I'm contracted to do it. I've got to side with Sony, you know, even though I I may not like it, right. and I, I'm going to do these two movies and he's kind of stuck I, I liken him to the Gal Gadot Jason Momoa moment right like where they're looking and going man Wonder Woman did great oh maybe we'll get a great Justice League crud it was awful wait what we're only going to do one more Wonder Woman movie wait yeah. what there's you know, no like, more there's no more connected there's DCEU. no more connected DCU. so you know yeah it's the same scenario where like they were kind of like wait that's you know and you have no control it's, yeah. it's something that's out of your control it's not your fault it's just the way the the studio designed the situation and yeah, I feel bad for Tom Holland. I do. Uh, you know, you're right. He's he's gonna make tons of money off these movies, and he's that part of it's not the part. But, but stressful mentally, it's you gotta know mentally. It has. I mean, as an as an actor, you feel like a failure. Like you failed, even though it's not your fault. You you feel like it is. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's got him to have a blow on. And think about it. All of the, all these actors were his friends. He appeared with right. Anthony Mackie and Sebastian right. Stan, and he liked showing up with them and talking. You know, being at. He what? was not going to be appearing with them at, at conventions right. anymore. He probably will. Sony will probably say you can't even you can't yeah, be seen with them. In, yeah, he can't even be in the same. And area he's going to be. Them. It's that's going to affect his personal life with this group of people he made friends with yeah. over the years. So it's yeah. like it's horrible. Okay, so with all that said, 
we got to move on to the bigger topic of the night, which is D23. The evil empire. Which, Let's which, talk about them. <laughs> which is happening just as we were talking here, and, and there was a lot to talk about. Uh, first off, let's talk about the big thing that we just watched. We watched the trailer for The Mandalorian. And, uh, yeah, there's a new trailer out now, which is really kind of exciting, actually. I, I'm, I'm like, wow, blown away by, by the trailer here. And it's pretty cool. People got to remember, again, timelines get confusing. People At first, they're like, when is this? This is not after Last Jedi and all that. This is back just after Return of the Jedi. Right. So Between we're going Return of the Jedi and uh, yeah. The Force Awakens, just so everybody remembers you know, where The Mandalorian is occurring. Now, the rumor is still that, that it's taking place on either Concord Dawn or Mandalore. I'm, I'm thinking it's more Concord Dawn than it is Mandalore by what we're seeing just because of the devastation on the planet and whatnot. I just, I still love the cowboy-esque-ness of the Mandalorian himself. There's a lot of great, like, cowboy-looking shots in this whole trailer that just make it look cool. Especially him holding his pistol and, you know, waving his finger yeah, at yeah. the trigger and the gun. And um, Now, they've released the date officially. November 12th is officially the day that it will Which open. is the launch of Disney+. Plus. So which it's is starting. the day Disney+, Plus will launch, and which, that's the day it's going to start. There's still a lot of details we don't know about Disney+. Plus. Will you be able to binge this entire series? Will uh, it be they, released nope. weekly? Well, they did say that at a celebration. You will not oh. be able to binge it. It will be a weekly release, kind of like they did with Swamp Thing, and they did okay. with... the DCEU. The DCEU's all been done, like, once a week, right? <laughs> Same idea. They didn't want to... They were going to do it, and Pascal said it would be really cool. He said, but there's several episodes where they did that, and there wasn't any sort of Spoilers climactic yeah. moment. You would kind of be like, oh, well... I can just watch the next one. Yeah, yeah, I, guess. Yeah. I, I wanted a little bit of, you know, like, so he said, he did say there were a couple of episodes where you're going to watch it at the end. You're going to be like, oh, i got to wait till next week. Yeah. You know? So, he's, uh, so he, he did say there's, there's some moments in the show where you, where you're going to want to like, Oh my gosh, I got to wait a week now. Uh, but I mean, I got to be honest again, I know you guys didn't see a lot of this footage. Now that you're seeing some of this footage, a lot of this is what we saw at Celebration. To be honest, the IG-88 scene, that was right out of out of what the footage we saw. That scene where he's he's pointing the gun, the pistol, and the rifle at the stormtroopers, that one right there, that was right out of what we watched at, at Celebration. I never liked those, and they're called Mexican standoff. Yeah, it, yeah. I never like them because what's stopping, if someone points a gun at me, I'm going to start shooting. I'm not going to hold my gun up and wait. Well, so my, I, I, the whole idea of a Mexican standoff to me it makes no sense. My, it's, it's my, one of my favorite part favorite of that things. whole scene is he's holding the rifle, right? Like, like if you look at him really holding the rifle, he doesn't have his hand on the trigger in any way that would let him shoot, right? So is this, not to ruin the whole scene, but at some point in the scene, he puts his gun down and so the stormtrooper just goes, oh good, because I couldn't shoot you anyway. I didn't have my hand on the damn trigger. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like somebody like caught on to he couldn't hold the rifle right. and they made a joke about it. Yeah. So at least... There's that, you know what I mean? Like, there's that element of, like... Now, that, look at his costume there. It doesn't look like... The coloring is different is every different. time I see yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, like, he's going to go through a couple different sets of armor, because if you look at it later... I mean, I, that's I was super that red too. in that shot. Yeah, it's like a maroon, right? And then it turns very... And we saw it li live. They're, they have it at D23, and it's very right. brown. It's brown. So I'm thinking he's going to go through several sets of Beskar game. Because even in the movie here, or in the um, trailer here... And hang on, I'm going to find the one shot where they showed part of his armor. And I was like, wait a minute, that's a different color than he had earlier. Uh, it's this shot right here. That's hard to tell with the sun behind him, but hang on. I see what you're saying. Right there. And it's hard to tell from it's that. It's kind of hard to tell, I guess. But 
You're but, right. When you look at it, they're, they've actually got the armor sitting at D23, and it, it does look drastically different yeah. color-wise, anyway. There's the IG scene I was telling you about. Yep. They did confirm it is not AG-88. It is a different IG. Okay. So, apparently, he hires an IG to help him. So, all sorts of great scenes. I mean, this one, we did not see a celebration. I thought that was cool, where he was going to retract the door through the yeah. guy's body. But this is what got me excited. They showed a scene with all of these carbonite frozen people. Oh, yeah, there's a whole line of them. All in a row. Now, I just read an article today that somebody put out this morning at 9 a.m. that, be prepared, the Razor Crest would have a carbon freezing chamber in it, and that the Mandalorian would be using it heavily. Well, I hope they've improved the technology because that thing had to be huge before. Well, apparently what happened, the way they're explaining it in the article, is that, you know, in Return of the Jedi, or uh, Empire Strikes Back, the technology was brand new, right? Like, so they did an awful job. They almost killed Han. Just very terrible job, right? And apparently all through Return of the Jedi and just a little bit after that, they had, like, by that point they had mastered the technology, and so bounty hunters, by this point, were using carbon freezing chambers as just a quick, efficient way to capture transport. somebody and transport them. If you know, if you couldn't turn them in like tomorrow when they were due or whatever, carbon freeze them, take them there when you get a chance, and drop them off. So, uh, I think it's a cool idea. I'm, I'm kind of like stoked at the idea that a ship is going to have a carbon freezing chamber, and we're going to watch him throw guys in it. I mean, how cool is that? And what are we going to carbon freeze? It looks like maybe Ugnaughts and Weakways yeah. and all sorts of crazy stuff. Oh, this one here looks like the Creeper from Jeepers Creepers. It does kind of, yeah, right? But are we going to see a Jar Jar carbon freeze at some point? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Corey, what do you think? <laughs> but I just thought that was cool. And he was talking about how difficult it is to be a bounty hunter in, in, in this you know, in this day and age. Um, one thing you didn't hear, though, which I thought was interesting, in the trailers that we saw, you could hear Pedro Pascal talking through the helmet. He didn't say a word this entire... The whole time, you didn't hear him say a no, word. No, didn't hear anything. Plus, we've still not seen him without the mask. I'm wondering if we're ever gonna. Uh, you will. You will. They showed footage of him without the mask? Yeah. Okay. No, it's it's a brief... It'll be brief moments, they said. But I got it. Pascal had said on several occasions, he was well aware when he took the role that the helmet would play a major part of, of the role. And, and I like him... He said, it's like taking on Boba Fett, but then taking the helmet. You don't do that. Yeah. And I liked his reasoning behind that. So well, it was like, what's his name who played Dread? Carl Urban. Yeah, uh, Carl Urban, who insisted he never take the right. mask off the take... entire movie. Right. He never did. Right. So uh, you know, they did say there is there is a possibility you may not see it. So it, they showed um, art uh, still shots, I guess, the best right. way to put it, where he had the helmet off. Now I don't know if those were from this, you know, like from the show or just from the set, right. or you know what I mean. We don't know yet, but. There were there was like hints that he might actually at times take the helmet off. So, yeah, I, what do you guys think of the trailer? Did you like well, it? Well, the, with him taking the helmet off, I'd, I'd be okay with it if he wasn't in the rest of his armor and stuff. Like he's just outside of the armor. That's my understanding. Is they they wanted to show a human side of him so he wouldn't have the armor on. It would just be him like at the compound or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, um, you know, kind kind of like Ojango and uh, Attack. Right, the phone. right. Yeah, he's he's taking a break from the armor and just yeah. Right being a, a father or whatever you want to call it. Uh, what would you guys think of the trailer? I mean, do you like it? I mean... Oh, yeah, very much so. I thought it was extremely entertaining. The visuals are great. Um, I got to see it now. I got to see the plotting. You know, of course, right. the story makes it or breaks it. But 
they got the visuals. They're there. They're there at the say, level I wanted to be for my first ever live action Star Wars. Doesn't TV show. that look more like Star Wars than any of the newer movies have looked? I mean, seriously, like that has a more yeah, Star Wars it's feel also, to me. It's also playing in the familiar time period. It is, but I know. mean, still, I, you you've said it several times. They had they had the ability. <laughs> they had that that possibility of getting you to feel like it's Star Wars. I don't feel like they did it ultimately in Rogue One. They got better. I, I, Han Solo was okay, but like this is the first time in a long while I felt soft footage where I was like, oh my gosh, it's Star Wars. You know, like you, you feel it. You just, I don't know, there's something about that you feel it. Do you feel the same way, Gary? Like, I, I don't know. Well, Visually to me, it just feels that way. What, what, I, what I saw so far, I like, but I still gotta see more. Right. Before I have a real good decision on it. But yeah, I do agree with you, and it does feel more Star Warsy. Yeah. So what? What's see how that plays out, Mandalorian. I'm I'm really. We're I mean, less than three. We're two and a half months out. I gotta be honest. I, I recently broke ties with Directv. Everybody's heard about my complaints about the company. Well, we finally just went and we left. And I'm using PlayStation View and Sling now <laughs> more than anything else in the world, and I'm loving it. I, I'm glad I cut ties with regular TV, and now I can binge watch whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want. And the idea of the Disney Plus app. Pfft, I'm all over yeah. that. Well, I'm thinking now that Disney Plus has announced that uh, partnering with Hulu. I was about to say, plus they get Hulu bucks. and ESPN <laughs> yeah. for 12 bucks a month. Granted, it's in. the Hulu with ads, but oh well. It's like I watching commercials. I don't deal. care. Yeah. But um, I'm actually thinking of, for the month of October, yeah. doing the free month of Hulu to test it out. To okay. see you know what I think of it and stuff. Yeah. To see how well it plays. Are the ads annoying? You know, yeah, what, like how much of that What kind of backlog do they yeah. have or catalog do they have? Because there's... I, I, I'm a huge paranormal TV fan, okay. and there are tons of specials and mm. travel channel shows and all sorts of things. Like They call it Ghost-tober now. They've right. got stuff starting October 1st, so I'm going to use that free month to kind of see how much I keep up on all that stuff and if it's good, and that'll decide if I want to do the combo pack or just get the Disney+. Plus. And that, that's the one thing I'm loving. We were paying two twenty five a month for the premium side of DirecTV, and... Even getting all the packages we've gotten, and we're looking at getting like the NFL Network for the month of September, October, November, because I'm a huge football yeah. fan. We're still not even going to go over 225 with the Disney app, with everything right, else right. thrown in with it. Like we're not even going to come close. Like it cuts it in like half total oh, yeah. value wise. Yeah. I'm surprised we. I mean, right now all we all we ago. do is we pay, uh, like less than ten bucks a month for Amazon Prime and the twelve right. and the twelve or sixteen for. Uh, so we're paying like twenty six bucks a month. That's it for all our TV watching. Because other than our our cable or our internet, but our internet I consider separate because it's for right, computers right, right. and for all other things. Yeah, business. If we're talking like just that. if we're talking just TV, I pay twenty six dollars a month in services. I should have done this years ago. So. <laughs> Seriously, I, I don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why. I, and that's I why I want the Hulu because it's like between Amazon Prime and and Netflix, you get a lot of stuff, but you don't get TV. Right. Neither right. of them are great on the TV series. Yeah, like they, you, you get TV series in Netflix, but it's all older stuff. Right. You know, the oh hey, it's this season and it premiered last night, and now it's on Hulu. That type of stuff. I that's can't the get, one thing so. I jumped on PlayStation View for because we. I mean, I did some serious deep diving research and everything. On PlayStation View, you get live TV, and I can DVR it, and I have cloud DVR, and it's mm. infinite. I don't pay a dime, so I. I I can DVR whatever. So yeah. I, when the fall hits, I can go back to all my shows that I normally watch that I would do on DirecTV, DVR them all, yeah. and watch them that night later on. You know what I mean? Like I used to usually do. And so I'm kind of excited. One thing about interesting that. I've heard is that right now they've announced Disney Plus and what hardware you can watch it on. Yeah. And right now, 
Fire TV and Kindles are not listed. Yes, I did notice that, yeah. But PlayStations, Roku's, Apple TVs, right. and for me, because I just bought one, thank God, Xbox One. So oh, okay. I can get my Disney Plus on Xbox One yeah. and watch it whenever I want. But they're not going to have it. You know, I have a Kindle that I like to watch in other rooms. And I right. have, um, you know, stuff like that that I like to... I, we have a Fire TV stick that we use. That's how we access our Prime and our Netflix. Right. And it would be nice to, to be able to watch it on there. But, you know, if they're not going to do that, then I'll have to watch it through... Well, I'll be able to put it on my iPad, too. And, right. And watch stuff like it. that. But yeah. it'll be more of a mobile thing and not on a big TV. Okay. So, this was not the only announcement at D23. There have been tons of tons. Other information coming out. So, I'm going to go back. I'm going to actually go from the oldest, and we'll come up to the newest first. So, the first nope, bit of information... Wow, well, I really got to keep going, huh? Okay. Uh, the first bit of information that came out was that there is information about a Ms. Marvel yeah. TV show. There's more, by the way. Is there more? Oh, yeah. Look at that. I don't know if it's anything we'll be interested in, but... Oh, they talked about some other things. Oh, uh... Hang on. There's oh, there's the what, what if, if information. Oh, there so, should be some images here. Um, if you scroll farther, yeah, there's. Oh, there's panel. the. Oh, nice. There's uh Well, I'm assuming that's yeah, uh, Carter, right? Captain Agent Carter, Carter, but as Captain Britain. Captain Britain, right? Which looks really nice, actually. So if they keep that style, I'm good with that. So there's yeah, I think yeah, there's still you're gonna get out of the stuff that's more. Uh, we're talking about other things that they're not. Oh yeah, things like Phineas stuff. and Ferb yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, so you know, obviously Disney Plus is going to include all their old movies. If you didn't know that, apparently Lizzie McGuire is going to come back for a new role uh, in Disney Plus. Phineas I mean, and Ferb. <laughs> yeah, Phineas and Ferb's coming back to uh, Disney uh, Plus, which actually will make my kids happy. It looked like a new Monsters Inc. movie too. Yeah, well, it's a TV show. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, what's the title of that? Monsters at Work. They're going to actually cover like. Everyday monsters at work. And so stuff this like I that. find interesting. If you scroll back down, you just passed yeah. at the what if voice actors. Yeah, they had the animated they had show. A, yeah, and, and it's it's quite the cast. It's the I mean, looking at it, I can see that we got uh, that is looks like Liam Hensworth for sure. Wait, the first one is that um, Killmonger? That might be. Yeah, I think Killmonger. We're gonna yeah. probably do something with what if Killmonger became King of Wakanda. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually would be interesting. We've definitely we've got Josh Brolin, so there's going to be a Thanos. There we go. I got a little bigger now. Unless he's going to play Cable. <laughs> so Sebastian Stan. Good. He could do Cable uh, now that they yeah, own him. Yeah, he could. He You're could right. do a, a voice of Cable. Uh, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Tom Hiddleston. So he's Sam not Jackson. only going to have his Loki show, he's going to do voicing of Loki and What If. Probably, yeah. I mean, when you look at this, this is the be-all and end-all of Marvel here. I'm I mean, trying to see. Do we have Chris Evans? Paul Rudd. You've got... Jeremy Renner. Is it Renner? It looks like you got Hank Pym. So. We, we've got uh, Nebula. Yeah, Nebula, yep. Yep. Hey, is that... Uh, it is, isn't it? Dugan. Yep. Ooh. A Howling Commando what if. That yep. would be awesome. Aram Zola, maybe? I was just about Arnold, Arnim Zola, it looks yep. like there. Hanzu. Yep. Hanzu, who played in uh, Gardens of the Galaxy. Yep, yep. Goldblum. So we're going to have the... Uh, Unless he's going to do a... We're assuming they're doing the characters we already know. Right, but I mean, could do something different. They, they could be something But I really noticed different. some big ones there. No Chris Evans, no, no Robert Downey Jr. No Robert Jr., yeah. I, well, I think they're going to stay away from Cap and, and <clears throat> Iron Man for a while now. Yeah. I don't think they want to conflate things, to be honest now with Now that you. they've done those things, they want that to stick. They want right. the loss of him to be felt. Right, I, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's real, and they want it to be real. So they they talk about... Division. 
the the one of the, the TV shows. WandaVision sounds weird. It's a hard sell for me. You know, with the vision <laughs> being gone, how he gets brought back, how do they end up together? It's waves of Dick Van Dyke show. I know it says that it's, it hasn't started shooting, but getting but with a, a weird darkness, a bit of horror, intense half sitcom, half epic MCU adventure. So it's it, I, I don't know what to think of that one. That's a weird one for me. Yeah, John Walker is now confirmed to be in the Falcon and Winter Soldier. <clears throat> and from what I heard, he's playing U.S. agent. Right, he's going to be playing U.S. Now, i got to see who John Walker is. I, I can't picture him. I'm going to have to look that up, too. And again, they've still <laughs> confirmed that the bad guy in U.S. Agent is going to be... Baron Zemo. Zemo. So there's definitely that. Then they announced that Three. Ms. Marvel will be coming to Disney+. Plus. Yep. Now, these have got to be down the pipeline, right? We're talking four or five There's a picture. Probably, right? As you scroll up higher here, yeah. there's a picture that shows the timeline, and they list the three new ones, which let's get to all three of them. Ms. Okay. Marvel. She-Hulk. She-Hulk. And Moon Knight. Moon Knight. All of them are listed in the timeline as being after, like, far, far, like, after the Hawkeye one. And the Hawkeye okay. one takes place, is not coming out until 2021. Right. So, so you're, you're figuring talking probably three years away three, from some of these. Three, four years away for some of these. So that, that's interesting. They did show new names for Star Wars eras, which I find interesting okay. considering... We have the Age of the Republic, the, the Age, Age of the Rebellion, Rebellion and, and the, the Age, Age of, of Resistance. Resistance. So, you know, that, that'll be interesting. Now, it's interesting that not only did they put the movies in here, they're putting some of the TV shows in there, which I'm glad they put that into the timeline so you can see kind of where they fit in. But they put Galaxy's Edge in there, just yeah. so you know. It, it fits right in about, so, you know. So what's the big glaring omission you see right now? There's nothing about the Ryan Johnson. Ryan, well, not that. Ryan there, well, there's there. that, but what, what else? What do we know we're getting that's not listed on here? We just talked about it. No Mandalorian. No Mandalorian. They're not yeah. showing it on the timeline. <laughs> Better yet, there's nothing about. But it, I Star, think it's, what's the show we're watching? Resistance, right? It's on the last one. It's on, oh, it's yeah, on the Major Resistance. Sorry, I, and Clone okay. Wars is listed back. Rebels and 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 well, Rebels is listed. Clone Wars. So all the animated shows are listed, but they but they have a dip. If you look at the timeline, oh, well, yeah. they, they kind of go up and down. There's no name for the age where the Mandalorian takes place. Yeah. It's between the Age of Rebellion and the, and age, the age of, of Resistance. Resistance. So. Yeah. What? Yeah. Hmm. They're not. They're not linking. It's like they it. left a gap there yeah. on purpose, maybe to put another age in here somewhere. You know, I don't know. Uh, that that'll be interesting. But yeah, they they put a timeline out of the Star Wars timeline, which I, you know, I, most of us know it. But okay, yeah. John Walker is actually the character name for U.S. Patriot. Oh, U.S. Patriot. Right. Okay. Wyatt Russell will be joining him. Will be playing him. I don't know who Wyatt Russell is. I don't know who Wyatt Russell is either. We'll have to look him up. So, while they were talking about Star Wars stuff, they announced that Clone Wars, which was set to premiere in December... Yeah, right with the start of Disney+. Plus. Correct. So, it's supposed to be like Mandalorian, like three weeks, and then I, my understanding was three weeks later was Clone Wars. That was announced in celebration. I know everybody was psyched, like Disney+, Plus. yeah. Now they're pushing back to premiere all the way to February. What do you, what do you guys think? Like, what... Why? I Which would it be in the can, right? Don't you think it's in the can? Yeah, right now? I, I think I don't think this bodes anything bad. I simply think they're expecting the Mandalorian and their launch to be so big they don't want things to get lost. I think they're trying to because the other thing you'll notice they're not doing the Disney brand or the the Netflix model. When Netflix released Marvel shows, they released them like all at once. They kind of overlapped, you know. I think what they're trying to do is literally let... I don't think any of these TV shows are going to overlap. I think Loki will run its run before it's done. 
then you'll get Falcon Winter Soldier. You'll get the full run. It'll be done. Right. I think they're trying to space them out like the movies and not overlap things. Right. So I think they're thinking, well, The Mandalorian has a run. Let's not overlap another Star Wars show with that run, even though Maybe. it's kind of a different target audience. Let's just space it out a little more. So that Probably so we don't get over overwhelmed. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, we're already overwhelmed. It's I, tons I'm overwhelmed of only because I'm a Marvel and a Star Wars fan, and they're killing me. Yeah, well, but well, not only that, but you got uh, Mandalorian coming out in November. December's the uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, and right, that's the other thing. True. Maybe they didn't want this the playing while the movie's that, going yeah, on. Yeah. So I can see it being a completely something would have to win there. <laughs> yeah, well, you know? it would be the movie, <laughs> right? Exactly. I think they were worried about this getting lost in the shuffle, and I think Probably. they decided to move it to a quieter time when people would be more interested. They also announced that Diego Luna and Alan Tudyk were there for the casting and or show. Yep, which we're not hearing much about when it's coming, but that's not been announced at all. Apparently, Alan Tudyk's idea for a title was K2Fast or K2Furious, <laughs> which is funny. So apparently, apparently, Diego wanted to reveal a title, but they wouldn't let him. Yeah. Apparently, Kathleen Kennedy said, no, we're not allowed to talk about that yet. Uh, they're shooting in London. The show's still being written at this point. Yeah, so that's uh, a ways off, too. Yes. So, Baloney came out with Favreau for the Mandalorian discussions. I thought that was interesting. They did talk about... uh, Oh, that's the other thing that's happening on the Mandalorian that we didn't announce, is that Ming-Na Wen from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is now joining the cast of the Mandalorian. I'm assuming that's going to be for Season 2, because Season 1 had wrapped up already by the time Celebration hit. So, they're just starting to get into Season 2 of it. And, by the way, they have confirmed... There will be a season two of The Mandalorian. They haven't come out with a show yet, and they're already like, yep, there'll be a season two. We're in. <laughs> Favreau's like already writing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I, I think just the reaction they got from Celebration was enough to get them to be like, yeah, we yeah, gotta do yeah. another one at least. And Which is interesting, because it's like the dead opposite for Swamp Thing. Like, they hadn't released it yet, and they're like, we're done. Yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> anyway. That's and like, then... Yeah, that's D- DCU. Yeah, completely different world. And then... Apparently there's something released for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's not here on the thread. It's at the it's the very last post. It's something on their main page. They released a trailer for the new season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And apparently it's got something important. Really? Yeah. Ooh, well, check that out. Uh, and then Ewan McGregor... <clears throat> pops his head up. Showed up. Hold on. <laughs> Ta-da! Hello, everyone. I'm here to talk about my show. And apparently he is confirmed now as playing Obi-Wan Kenobi again. Uh, and he's going to be in his own show on Disney+. Plus. So, it's official. They don't know when it's going to be released. It's just going to be a thing at some point. So, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see that. The show is called, You Are Supposed to Be the Chosen One! <laughs> I Have the Higher Ground! No, no. <laughs> It's going to be hello there. <laughs> hello there. <laughs> so, of all the things we just saw coming out of D23, what's the one thing that hit with you that was like, yes? Well, right now, right now it's The Mandalorian because we're getting it. Okay. Everything else, even though it's interesting to talk about, I mean, the What If cast is really cool, and there's yeah. going to be some interesting you know, ideas there. All the Marvel TV shows, I mean, She-Hulk and all that, but it's hard to get excited about things that are three years out and... We've seen them announce timelines before and drop things, you know, so I can't count on these things 100% yet. So for me, it's the it's the immediate stuff. It's right. getting The Mandalorian and getting Clone Wars. Yeah, now, let's say She-Hulk is going to be like Law & Order. <laughs> I think it'd be great. Yeah, I, think it it sh- I think it should be her being a lawyer, but... Yeah. You know, getting into trouble. <laughs> awesome. Her comic, from everything I saw, was incredible. The, the I'm comic just sitting here thinking, like, dun, 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 yeah. dun. <laughs> I'm sorry. Gary, was there anything with you that, that stuck out? Like, that you were like, yeah, that's a really cool idea, or that's 
definitely something I'm excited or looking forward to seeing. Well, the the Mandalorian, obviously, but uh, I also like the idea of She-Hulk coming. Yeah? It's about time. See, the one for me that struck me was Moon Knight. I've always well, liked yeah. Moon Knight. And I hope they do the costume justice. I mean, like, if you're going to do well, Moon Knight, you better do the costume Here's right, the problem, you know? though, and people make a good point. If you're trying to be a night vigilante, going around in a bright white costume isn't the greatest idea. <laughs> yeah, so it's I know. it's one of these things where if they're going to movieify it, they may have to change it a bit. Yeah, and I get that. But remember, he's also he's in, possessed in, by a power of an Egyptian god. Thank you. <laughs> Which there's another hard sell for a TV show in the Marvel universe. Oh, I've got an Egyptian god in me, you know. But I think that's why, and that's why Austin and I were just talking about this today too. I said I think that's why you put people like Moon Knight on a TV show, right. or you put Arnim Zola. As a robot on a right. TV show, or you put what Modok, something you would never ridiculously ever put in an MCU film, but would be great on a TV show. Totally could see them doing that. That's where I think you know there, there's some other characters I could totally see them throwing into a live action TV show, but maybe not necessarily. I mean, maybe they make a cameo in a movie, but you're not going to make a whole movie about that character. It, you know, it just I don't see that happening. I, I, here's the other people I feel bad for. Everyone who got excited they were cast in the Netflix Marvel movies who thought they were going to be Daredevil right. and Jessica Jones right. and Luke Cage and, and Iron Fist and they were going to appear in the movies and now they're all going to just, it's done. They're going to be forgotten and move on. It's like, wow, we put all this work in and it's yep. just gone. Okay, so those are our thoughts on Spider-Man split with Disney and Sony taking their Spider-Man and walking away. It's uh, my toy. You can't play with it. You can't have my webs. And uh, our thoughts on D23 is they were happening to us tonight. We'd love to hear from what you think. So head on our webpage and let us know. And we're going to take a break here and we'll be back in just a moment. We're going to talk about the next episode of Star Wars Resistance. Yay. We'll be right back after we navigate through this promotional tunnel. Intergalactic proton-powered electrical tentacled advertising droids. Intergalactic proton-powered electrical tentacled advertising droids. Intergalactic proton-powered electrical tentacled advertising droids. Hi, I'm Darth Harrington of Darth Harrington's Intergalactic proton-powered electrical tentacled advertising droids Emporium and Moonbase. Due to a garbled subspace transmission, I am currently overstocked on all intergalactic proton-powered electrical tentacled advertising droids, and I am passing the savings on to you! Hi, I'm Sue Murray, and I want to be your next governor. I know how to lead from the front. I used to be a school teacher. I know what's best for San Andreas. Many of our leaders aren't doing their homework or studying like they should. You're not living up to your full potential. I know how to use third grade academic terms and talk down to a room of hyperactive, immature morons to get what I want. I can get things done. I'll make sure the 1% looks after the rest of us like they should. That you get what you deserve from people that work hard. Vote for me for governor. The Force is back. The Rebels won't tire till they see the last of the Empire. And Kenner's there with Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. The next prisoner, Gamorrean Guard. Gladly, Jabba the Hutt. C-3PO, Gamorrean Guard, and Jabba the Hutt place at each so separately. Mr. Hutt, you've captured my friend. Free him and keep me instead. That's a sorry tale, but this tale make you sorrier. Jabba the Hutt place at another action figures each so separately from Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection from Kenner. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. 
Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Thank you for your patience as we navigated through the promotional tunnel. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we talk about the latest episode to us of Star Wars Resistance. This is Season 1, Episode... I believe 13. 13, Episode 13, titled The Doza Dilemma. So... Long story short, the pirates finally make their play. Right. So we The First Order offers them lots of money to kidnap Doza's daughter. Doza's daughter. So they get a hold of Sonara and say, hey, do your little spy thing again. We got to get to Doza's daughter and get in there and get her and get out. Uh, now, the the part that I, I found kind of cool was the... By the middle of the episode, not even by, by the beginning of the episode, you figure out that the First Order's playing both sides. They're they're paying the pirates to go kidnap the daughter, but they're also calling up Doza going, hey, you got a pirate problem. Yeah. You need us to come in there and, and help you fix it, because it's an issue, and, and you need to, you know, let's, let's pony up, but let's get the First Order in there, and let's do it. And that sounds very much like the Empire, the kind of stuff that they would pull, the kind of games that they'd play. And so the pirates agree, of course, because they want money. Who, who wouldn't? And, of course, on the other side of it, Doza's really leaning towards needing some help. I mean, he's, he's getting overwhelmed here. Uh, on, on the flip side of it all, this kind of cool, serious stuff that's going on, we have Kaz. <laughs> and we have Doza's daughter, Tora, who seems rather nonchalant about where she stands in the station and where Kaz stands in all of this and... I don't know. That, that whole part of it, it's kind of like you go from this happy, goofy, doofy thing to really serious seriousness, and it's like there's no in-between here. So it's really hard to take parts of this episode seriously right. just because of the humor that they try to throw into it. Yeah. You know? So, long story short, Kaz is hanging out at the bar, and he's there with Tora, and a bunch of her friends are playing darts, and she's getting bored, and, and in comes... Sonara and Kaz tries to have a nice friendly conversation with her and that's when Tora says, hey, let's go up to my room and play this dance dance revolution. Yeah, this fancy schmancy new game I got. <laughs> sure, dance dance gun revolution and, and we're going to go uh, go you know to the tower and we're going to we're going to play. Now, here's the part that I the first point at which I'm kind of like, hmm. Um so he invites them to the tower and says, "Yeah, don't worry, you can use my security clearance to get in." Um Really? Like, everybody can just go in without any sort of, you know, I don't know, background check of any sort or, or any, I don't know. So that part seemed weird to me. That's kind of like, you know, if you're the daughter of the president, would you just be able to be like, yeah, sure, come on into the White House. Uh, no one's going to check you. It's all cool. It's all good. Uh, you know, don't worry about the, 
the, the guards outside. They're, they're not going to carry you out. And it seems to me like if she was already in the, in the tower and using this, her security code, it seems like they're sending off like bells and whistles or something. Yeah, you'd yeah, think, you'd think, think the so, technology right? be strong enough to detect. Well, she's already come in yeah. and hasn't left. Apparently they haven't installed their ring doorbell yet, so yeah. uh, that's out. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's a couple things that just seemed a little um, peculiar, I guess, you know, odd, that didn't fit in with the rest of the storyline. So that's part of it. They go up, they play their game. Now the game I thought was interesting, I had to shoot these orbs that were in the air. Uh, you know, it was interesting, Tor got a three of five. The other girl that was with Kaz, she got a two out of five. Kaz got a zero. Sounds about right. Yep. Apparently he was trained by stormtroopers. And then, and this is the part of the other one that was kind of weird. Sonara gets a five out of five. I mean, she nails him quick. That's because she knows how to play duck hunt. And, but nobody questions her on her, you know what I mean? She's like, oh yeah, I just learned how to hunt on my home planet. And I was like, wait, wait a minute. That's like, you know, that's like some sniper going out and shooting something and being like, uh, yeah, I learned how to shoot a shotgun on my farm. <laughs> Because that's not the same thing. But, okay. Hey, M- Marty, McFly, Marty McFly always said is uh, playing Duck Hunt. Yeah, yeah, Duck Hunt. So that, to me, should have thrown up a red flag. But that didn't throw up a red flag there. Meanwhile, Sonara finds out that their plan is to go after Tora. And, yes. and to get the daughter. And she didn't know that at first, so she had led two other characters into the tower. Drell and some other guy. Jiggy. Uh, the chick. Oh, it was a girl, that's right. And she's not, not listed here. Which is not listed on our page that we're looking at. And anyway, uh, so they go in, and their plan, they reveal to her, finally, Kragen does, that, that they're going to go and get Tora, and they're going to capture her and ask for a bounty from from Doza for capturing his daughter. And I think at this point, Sonara kind of feels bad, that like she led them in there and she shouldn't have done it, but it was kind of a too late, too soon, you know, too little, too late kind of moment. Um, she goes to Kaz, right, to get him to help, I think, right? She or, runs into Kaz. Yeah. She runs into Kaz. In the hallway, knocks him over, literally. Yeah, that's right. So she doesn't really, I guess, go him to get help. She just runs into him, per se, and says that something bad is happening. Right. Well, she basically spills the beans that she's, you know, the daughter's being kidnapped. Do you think she feels bad at this point? Oh, yeah. She's totally... Do you think she's given up her pirate ways at this point? Yeah, I think she's becoming friends with them. And when she found out what the... You know, if it was like, oh, you wanted to steal some paperwork or whatever, I think she would have gone along with it. Right. But as soon as it involved a person that she has a personal connection with, it's becoming too much for her. Right. I kind of agree. Like, I'm starting to see the, the shift in the character a little bit. Kind of like what we saw with... Who is the one character on... Rebels that we saw the shift. It Callus. was Callus. Thank yeah. you. I was trying to think of who, who became who was actually uh, their, their he was informant. Full, he was their informant, right? And I, you know, so you kind of start to see this shift with Sonara a little bit. That that shift towards the other side. So, long story short, they they do end up capturing her. They start going out into their their waters, their oceans. Captain Doza scrambles the pilots to go get his daughter back, which I thought was kind of odd because again they're supposed to be race pilots, but yeah. yet somehow they turn into fighters. So they go out and try to capture their daughter back. And in the meantime, the First Order comes in. Well, I like how the plan was to ride two small bikes out to a mid-sized skiff and then take yeah. the mid-sized skiff to, to an even larger pirate, pirate yeah. vessel. Yeah, It was like, it's like how many pirate vessels can you skip around why not, to? Why not just ride the two bikes out 
to the pirate vessel. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing too. Although like, I like the plan of let the bikes go off as a distraction. And yeah, it was followed. Good, which the the fighters did eventually yeah. follow by by accident anyway. And then you've got Kaz who goes flying after these guys, and apparently a not ready ship. Which their ship seems to always be in disarray. Have you ever noticed that? Well, there was a like, brief talk about that. Because remember, correctly. what's his name said? Oh, it'll be fine unless it blows up. Right, because they right. just done an upgrade or an install on it. Right, yeah, and I get it, but it just seems like they never have an operating ship ever, yeah. like fully functioning ever well, operating ship. He, he, I think he had the blasters and stuff on the plane on the ship, but he didn't want to risk hurting her. Yeah, right. I mean, he right. could have. He, he could have shot. Right? He said, "I'm not going to fire." So he follows them out. His ship isn't working correctly. He manages to radio back his coordinates so they know where the ship is yeah. and where the exchange takes place. So they go out to this bigger ship, and that's when the First Order shows up. And of course, you apparently think, to originally to pay originally them, to pay to take. them, right? You think they're going to pay the pirates, and then they show up and take Tora and yeah. take off with her. Uh, and they never paid the pirates, right? Like they showed, well, they had they a briefcase, but they just dropped it and shot at them. Is that what probably they just dropped it. it? Okay. They might have paid them, they may not have. I mean, it really doesn't matter. It's the First Order, what do they care? Well, no, they said that they didn't pay them because later on when Kragen messages her, yeah. he talks about how the deal's off and they're not working with the First Order. And there's That's no, right, yeah, there's yeah. No there's no money, money involved. That's and right. she's like, what does this mean for me? And then she had to interrupt because Kaz showed up. Right. So I, what I thought was interesting is the First Order immediately takes Tora and goes right back to the yeah. platform and is like, here she is. Even, we brought her back even, for you. Even calls ahead and says, right, we've yeah, rescued we've, her. We've rescued her. We're coming back. We're going we're gonna to turn her over. Shows up to Doza with troopers in hand and says, here you go. Here's your daughter. And now here's some troops. Uh, all I can think of was Cloud City. You know what I mean? <laughs> we showed up and now we brought stormtroopers with us because I'm going to leave a garrison here. Yeah. So, you know, it was just kind of like same idea, same concept, which I thought was kind of interesting. And Doza's now stuck with these troopers and long story short, now Sonara is stuck on the station not knowing what her job is. Is she supposed to be spying? Isn't she? <clears throat> well, and at the end, Kaz puts together that she helped them arrive. Right, she's figured out she's either a pirate or she's helping the yeah. pirates. Yeah, and it's bad because I think it's one of those, you know, the three's company effect. of the For those young viewers who don't know, that was a show that basically every episode was about a misunderstanding or a misheard right. thing. The misunderstanding being, yeah, she was working with the pirates, but she's clearly changing her ways. But because she let the two on and he saw it, he's convinced she's a pirate or working with right. them and doesn't know that she's changing her ways. And so you're going to have this whole conflict continue. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much the episode right there. I think we did a pretty good job of, of summing it all up. Uh, what did you guys think of this episode? I mean, overall, was it a good episode? Was it not so good episode? It was it was far better than the sitcom ones we've been having. You know, the ones uh, yeah. that had no no result to anything. They were just, you know, it was the weird thing that happened to Kaz of the week and he had to find his way out of it somehow while bumbling along, being egotistical and failing at things and eventually everything worked out. This one at least tied in with the overall story of how the First Order's trying to get aboard, how they played the game both sides and made themselves look like the hero and had the coverage to say, oh, we've been monitoring pirate activity and clearly we need to be around because we can stop them because, you know, we just rescued your daughter. And, you know, so it's, it's very clearly a heavy-handed tactic that it's meant to deceive and they're trying to get on because something, again, since we've said since the beginning, there's something important about what this station. Why does the First Order right, want to be there station, so bad? Yeah. We still don't know. Um, at least maybe we're starting to head towards that now. 
you know, with them arriving, it might become now an actual storyline in every episode instead of we don't hear about it for five episodes while, you know, right. Kaz chases a bleor that he let escape that happens to have a giant mother that lives in the ocean or <laughs> the, the, any weird side story that they've been coming up with. Maybe we're going to get away from those now and get to this main story finally. You know what I appreciated for the first time? We didn't run out of fuel. We didn't have an energy issue. Nope. We didn't have a... You know, we actually had some of a storyline that actually kept me awake for most of the episode where I was kind of like, all right, I'm actually kind of interested. Yeah. What are they doing? I mean, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to see here? where it goes. I mean, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not I feel like maybe they've it. set up the ending for a decent ending to the season. It's not great, but it's got me interested. What's the First <laughs> Order going to do now? What are the pirates going to do? How does all this play out? And what roles do they play? I'm not hugely interested in it, but it got I'm I more just, I want to see Kaz now. stop being the bumbling yet full yeah. of an ego character. He's he's all he's doing is annoying me. I'm not endeared to him. I still don't care. He's gotta get smarter and not he's bumble kinda, his way into these things. I've, I've been trying to like search out because I've been watching him again just to watch the Resistance again. I've been trying to search out like what my issue is with Kaz, and I think I figured it out. He's Luke Skywalker before Luke leaves Tatooine. But he never leaves Tatooine. So he's still that whiny, I want to go to Tatooine. So it's still that, he is that character. He is the the side of Luke Skywalker that we all hated in the movie. And we were like, thank God he got off Tatooine and got got to be a man, you know, and like... Manned up and became a character. Well, there's the other and thing, and it's like we're not getting that. From he, Kaz. you know, at least Luke had a mentor. Right. Kaz has been just kind of dropped on this thing. He right. did a one. You know, he went into space once with Poe, and he talks to yeah, Jaeger, the head, the head guy. Yeah. Um. He, you know, but none of them are like teaching him anything. They're all right. kind of annoyed by him to an extent. It's like, so he's not growing as a character. He's we're in 13 episodes in, and he's not made any real growth. So, Gary, what did you think of this episode? Anything in here that kind of struck you, or? Not really. Attention. Not really. No. You but still you don't see any significant improvement over previous episodes with this. Yeah, I, I do. Just the writing itself, I thought was a lot better than yeah in, in the past. But yeah, it was kind of like they finally brought out the B team instead of the A or Z team and X team, and finally said, "Okay, right. we should at least give them something to want to." What'd you think of the pirate ship? The visuals of it coming out of the fog. Yeah, it looked like a big pirate, <laughs> pirate boat. You know. I mean, obviously, their captain is what's his name? It's Davy Jones. From yeah, Pirates yeah, he looks very Davy Jones-ish. Yeah, I was waiting for somebody to ask where all the rum had gone. You know, like um, it's it's cool, but it's not cool. You know what I mean? Like it's in universe, but like you say, it's one of those things that took me out of Star Wars yeah. for a moment, and it felt like that's not Star Wars; that's something else. And it just you know kind of gave it's an those, awkward moment. It's those homages, right? You know, like like I loved it when they did it in the Clone Wars, and they did that whole episode with the uh, the three clones right. the, the, the and uh, Rex and them and it was very clearly an homage to Jaws but you had right. to know yeah. Jaws to see it right. Right. if you didn't it was just an episode you had no idea what was going and on, I yeah. thought that was a great homage but this is just like not homages they're tropes right like oh let's it's put like, pirates in let's put sea but monsters but it's like literally in. in your face you know yeah. what I mean like it slaps you in your face almost and it seems yeah. unrealistic and you see the pirate ship coming out of the, the flag went to fire on yeah. Before they got... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, at least... Take that out, yeah. and then they can't go anywhere with her. Right. Right. But, you know. So, uh, overall, I guess let's rate the episode as zeros don't bother, tens a must-see. Uh, I'll go first on this one. I actually would give this one, like, a six. You know, it's not awful. It, it, it's got me interested in where they're going to go with the storyline. Um, 
it's not spectacular. Like, I'm not like a let's write home and it, wow, we saved Star Wars Resistance in one episode. Don't feel that way. But it's been better than the stuff we've been watching up until this point. And maybe it's starting to show some redemption, like everybody else has said, towards the end of the season. Uh, I'm not sold yet. Definitely not sold. Right. But it's better. It's better. Better than it was. But, I, you know, I kind of feel like it's like, you know, when you say it's better, it's kind of like saying, you know what? This turkey is so much better than that tofurkey chicken thing over there that we just ate that didn't feel like turkey or taste like turkey, but it's much better. <laughs> That's kind of what I feel like right now. You know? Yeah, it's like saying, hey, look, this horrible wound isn't bleeding pus anymore. At least it's scabbed over. Right, it's kind of, yeah, the same idea. <laughs> Eric, what would you rate this one? I'm also going to give it a six. Okay. Uh, it definitely is an improvement over previous episodes. It's definitely had some better writing. I still have issues with their blocking. You know, the way these great security droids yeah. can, can be taken out with one roll of a thing and you yeah. walk into a person's room. How they opened her door, I don't know. Um, unless well, it's, they used her access code. It's the same code getting in as it is to get into her room, I guess. Why is it when um, you roll a droid killer out, all the droids surround it? Yeah, what's this? What's this? And then it goes, you know, like, I never um, understood that. I, I didn't like... Some of the worst of all was when the First Order started firing on the pirates and they're standing literally three feet from each other yeah. and they only hit one of the pirates and then they're firing past each other. The pirates didn't hit any of the First Order and they just get back on their ship. They walk right up, pick her up, the, the Doza's daughter, yeah. and say, come with us, we're rescuing you or whatever. And they take her. <laughs> and it's, well, all these shots are happening right there from like two feet away. Uh-huh. The way Kaz chased after the skiff and they were firing on him, I thought, okay, there's ways you could film this that would be far more exciting. Right. You know, shoot the, the... He was just up in the air, kind of swooping around, and they were taking shots and would nick him. I'm like, what if he dived down and got really low to the water, and the water wasn't perfectly flat, but there are waves, so, like, the waves are almost concealing him, and the guy's trying to shoot between the waves, and he comes back up. But you can do all sorts of great things if you just thought these things through. They really... Everything that happens visually and action-wise seems to be the very first draft they came up with. Right. Rather than then thinking it through a second time, going, okay, now how do we make that cool? And how do we make this visually appealing? It's like, well, we got it. They chase. Okay, we're done. We got that plan. Just yeah, let's, let's go on to the movie. And, it's, and it, it, maybe that's just the nature of the TV production, and they don't have the time to, to plot those things out. But I wish they would, because the, the show itself has some very, very cool visuals that I like, and I want to like more. Yeah. But I, I can't, I keep getting lost in these, the visuals looking okay, but what's happening being so poorly plotted out. So, in the end, it was an interesting episode. It's clearly leading towards something now that the First Order has got their first fingertip in the door with a couple troops left behind. Right. So, maybe the next stories will start getting interesting. So, it's it's worth a watch for that because it might be leading somewhere. Gary, what do you think? You guys are going to be shocked on it because I agree with you guys. Wow, you're going to give it a six? I'm going to give it a six. Wow. Uh-oh, uh, wait. We just gave it a six, six, six. Sixes. <laughs> <laughs> Is it October? <laughs> yeah, almost. The, the rating was definitely a lot better than, than previous episodes. I think he could they, he could still fire it upon the skiff without hurting her and stuff like that. Um, especially with them shooting back at him. Yeah. Um, or, or like you said, you know, get down close to the water and have a spray come up and, and take him out or whatever. Right. Why didn't she just jump off the skiff into the water? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, it's... Then Kaz could blow them up and then pick her up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, then the episode is over with. <laughs> but... Again, first draft planning. Yeah. They're escaping with her, they're firing. Okay, well, how does that get us to the next scene? They're not... Right. They don't think those things through. 
the pirate ship coming out of the flag was pretty cool, but still, it was, it was obviously a, a Queen Anne's Revenge coming out of the yeah. flag. So again, there were some things that were overdrawn that didn't need to be, you know, like overdone. That didn't need to be overdone. Um, and then they had some great shots that I loved. I loved seeing the the First Order transport coming out of the sky and the yeah, winds yeah. coming down. You know, like there was that. That looked like almost right from the Force Awakens when Kylo Ren's ship first came down. So it was kind of, you're right, Eric. There were some great visuals here. So, you know, but we all didn't hate this episode. There's good news, right? Like there's one pop show, the champagne. Right? Like, that's as close as Resistance is going to get for us, where we didn't hate it. Um, you know, <laughs> hopefully they can keep that up till the end of the season. No, they just build us up until we have a big letdown next episode. I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping it gets better here as it goes towards the end. Uh, I still don't know if it's convincing. The next me. episode is that Kaz has to win a drinking contest in the bar <laughs> to get enough money to buy a new part for the to go to Tashi Station to pick <laughs> up some cow power converters. No. <laughs> But, I mean, it has, still hasn't sold me on season two of Star Wars Resistance yet. But, I mean, yeah. everybody says it gets better as it goes. I, I'm I'm always trying to be optimistic if I can. I so. mean, the, here's the thing. The trailer for season two has come out. That's, yeah. I haven't really watched it. I haven't watched it either. Because, Maybe we'll watch it tonight before yeah. you guys go. But uh, only because we haven't seen the end of this season. But I'm kind of like, at this point, I don't think there's much that can spoil much for right. me. But um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. But I'm still not, I don't think this podcast, to be honest with you guys, ever is going to jump on season two of Star Wars Resistance. If we're going to have the Mandalorian and other things to talk about... What the Mandalorian and every single Marvel thing under the sun that we could watch and talk about if we wanted to, and I'm sorry, I just don't see us jumping on Unless, like, you know, something amazing happens, like they kill off Kaz. Right. you're like, now the show is about this ragtag of people who are out for revenge at Kaz. Han Solo shows up, voiced by Harrison Ford. I don't know. It'd get me to watch. I don't know. So those were our thoughts on episode 13 of Star Wars Resistance, season one. So episode 13, 13. got three sixes. Three sixes. Just pointing that out. Yes. So uh, those are our thoughts. So head on over to galaxycast.com. Find us on YouTube. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Let us know what you thought. And as we always like to say here in the Star Production Studios, may the force be with those who listen. Golly. Well, hello there. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. If you have something positive to say, use the subject line, We like and use a show. If you have a complaint, make your subject line, You've failed me for the last time. And look for the GalaxyCast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, wayward travelers. Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.